How's it going, everyone? EMT Life here, welcoming you back for another EMS observation. Hope everyone has had a good week so far and work hasn't been too stressful. Uh, you know, we're going to do a little recap of the week so far, and unfortunately, I've got some, uh, some very sad news. Uh, we had a firefighter in a neighboring county uh, recently commit suicide, and uh, it's, it's a really very sad situation, and I honestly want to wish the family uh, the best, and all I can say is, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for them for their loss. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we see this far too often, you know, in the first responder community. And if you're not feeling right, you know, you feel like something's different or you're having a rough time, please talk to someone. Uh, I know it's a lot easier for me to say that than it is to actually do it because, uh, in, you know, these jobs, we're all like-minded people. And sometimes we're too proud to ask for help. And just just know you're not alone. Uh, there's always going to be someone there for you. Most of our job is listening to people. And that's that's all people need. And we're really good at listening. Um, you know, it's we understand what you're going through. Uh, our brains aren't meant to to handle all the stress and trauma that we see and deal with on a daily basis. But um, please just talk to someone if you're not feeling right. Uh, you know, these things, they're really hard to talk about. And unfortunately, it needs to be talked about because nobody's found a uh, a solution for this problem so far. And... Unfortunately, it's going to continue to get worse unless we open up about what we see and do on a daily basis, you know, whether that be to friends and family, whether it be to coworkers or just completely random strangers. Um, you know, I'll always be here if if you want to message me on Instagram, you know, feel free. I'm I'm all ears uh, if you need somebody to talk to or, you know, if even if you just want to talk to about something something completely different that's not related to work or EMS, you know, I'm down to listen to whatever. Uh, but, you know, just uh, I want to say sorry uh, to the family and we're we're here for them. We're going to do whatever we can as a sister in, in, in neighboring county uh, for not only the family, but for the rest of the firefighters of that county. Uh, we're here for them. We're going to do what's needed to make sure everybody's okay. But, um, you know, like I said, sorry for the sad news, but this stuff does need to be talked about. And we as a community will always be there for each other no matter what. Uh, like I said, you know, I apologize for the sad news, but these things need to be addressed. We do need to figure out a solution and... Unfortunately, the solution is going to come when we start putting our pride aside and asking for help. And that, that's, that's a real big problem with everyone who works uh, in law enforcement, fire or police uh, or EMS. Because, you know, people call us 
in in a bad time when they can't handle the situation anymore and we go to them to solve the situation to relieve their stress to hear their problems and we're just not used to the flip side of the coin where we need people to hear our problems as well like i said i'm always there for anyone who wants to talk um but you know unfortunately we have uh that problem in our community and like I said if there's anything I can do for anyone just let me know I'm here for you but we're gonna do a a quick message from our sponsor and then uh, we're gonna get right into it all right so here's the deal today we're gonna talk a little bit about the abuse of the 911 system that happens across the United States being in law enforcement fire and EMS services we have a fantastic community outreach. You know, we go to schools, we go into people's homes and change their smoke detector batteries. Uh, October's fire prevention month, so we have fire station open houses that the community comes to us and they get to see what we do. They get to see all our equipment, they get to touch the equipment. And, you know, that's what, that's what, drove me to this career is we get to be involved in the community and I love that aspect of the job but on the flip side we've trained our society to call 911 for literally anything and there's some people who call 911 who depend on the 911 system just so they can get a ride to the hospital and you know, those people have learned how to tell the dispatchers to make it seem like it's a real emergency. You know, and this is this is at no fault of the dispatcher, but they have a script that they follow that decides based upon the answers that the caller gives them how the call is coded out. So sometimes we'll drive lights and sirens to calls that literally turn out to be nothing. We recently had a nursing home call us. It's a, it's a nursing home we go to all the time. The nursing home is about four minutes up the road from my station, and it's probably only two minutes from the hospital. But they called us out for someone who is having chest pain, and chest pain is not a call where you want to dick around. You know, chest pain could be really serious. So we drive code two, which is lights and sirens for us, and we get on scene. And we make contact with the patient who's allegedly having the chest pain. The patient's sitting in their lobby, family room area, whatever you want to call it, watching TV. He looks up at us like, what are you guys doing here? You know, he had absolutely no idea that the nursing staff had even called us because he was not having chest pain. Um, But we still did you know, full vitals on him. We did a 12 lead on him. 12 lead came back normal, vital signs, uh, everything was within normal limits. You know, just just a little cover your ass for us, just to make sure nothing was really going on with him. It's not, not to say that he was lying to us, but we get a call for chest pain. Like I said before, that's nothing to mess around with. So what really happened was... Uh, The doctor that's in charge of the nursing staff wanted to uh, Baker Act this patient. 
And like I described before, a Baker Act is where a doctor or law enforcement officer puts a 72-hour supervised kind of detainment on a person who's believed that they will that they have the potential of hurting themselves or others. So this doctor wanted to Baker Act the patient and the nursing home staff wanted to get him out of there faster. So they when they placed the call to 911, they gave those two magic words of chest pain and it codes out as delta level for us and delta level is the second highest emergency level we have echoes our highest which is cardiac arrests and death basically so it coded out as a delta level chest pain for us and we or i haul ass because i basically drive but you know we haul ass and it turns out to be nothing so it kind of irritates us um but you know like i said these these nursing staff and not only nursing staff but people people themselves have learned how to phrase their you know quote-unquote emergency so the dispatchers code out the call to make it sound more serious than it is um another example you know no joke literally every day at the same time for the same woman who has abdominal pain and leg pain it's it's every day we get a 911 call and we always get dispatched out you know code 2 for her every time and the other day she admitted to us that she actually calls the hospital before she calls 911 to see how busy the hospital is and you know when i tell the story oh we went on this call again to so and so's house you know uh they asked me to go well if you know if you know the address and it's the same person why do you drive lights and sirens every time and my answer to that is because the one time we don't drive code 2 on her call something is really going to be wrong you know even though you might run on the same address with the same person all the time you cannot get complacent with this job because you know like i said the one time you shrug it off and you think it's no big deal you could show up to that patient's house and they could be laying on the floor dead and i'm not trying to be dramatic but that's the reality of the job so the one time you're complacent is the one time that is going to bite you in the ass so you have even though you might know the person you might know the address you have to treat it like a real emergency all the time every time uh but you know like i said that's the reality of our job you know but unfortunately our society has lost the ability to take care of themselves uh i've had numerous 911 calls for people who have stubbed their toes uh their baby's mouth hurts because the babies are teething or you know people just have a fever uh i've shown up to people's houses you know just because they're lonely and want to talk and you know i i'd say there's nothing wrong with that because i don't mind being talked to i don't mind listening but 
when you call 911, it's expected for it to be an emergency. That's what it used to be. And society's lost the sense of emergency. So, you know, like I said, we've trained our society so well to rely on other people to take care of them. And, you know, yes, we are trained in emergency medicine and obviously we're there to help. But across the United States, there's such a shortage of paramedics and EMTs. Everyone is so short staffed. You know, these these people who call 911 it it takes a toll on the 911 system and it it completely backlogs the system uh 90% of our call volume is I'll be honest with you is bullshit um but you can't you still can't be complacent where you know the other 10% that that other 10% though is people who really need us and ultimately that's what makes this job worth it you know we put up with the 90% bullshit just so we can do the 10% where it actually saves someone someone's life you know when you when you spend an hour you know completely thumping on someone's chest doing CPR you hear those ribs break you know you're doing good compressions and ultimately they get a pulse back you know that's what makes the job worth it yeah, you're going to be sore doing CPR for that long, but you know, that's that's why we do this job. We do this job to make a difference in somebody's life. And whether that be on the 90% of people who just want someone to talk to or the 10% where somebody's actually dying, you need to get them to the hospital. You know, the job just comes together like that. And we have to be prepared to do both 90 and 10%. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's, that's just my little rant tonight where, yeah, obviously it's annoying to go to the same people's house for the same thing and it turns out to be nothing for them just to call the next day. But it's our job. That's the nature of the job. And we will continue to do our job. And nothing is going to change our job until the state or even the federal government gives the EMS system the power to tell people no. But like I said, that's not our job. Our job is to answer the 911 calls, to go to people's houses, get them to the hospital, and try to get them the care they need. Uh, You know, like I said, it's just my little rant for tonight. It's a little quick one. Um, don't forget to listen to this podcast on anchor.fm slash EMT dash life, or you can listen to it on the app. Just search up, uh, EMT life, you know, you can listen to, uh, to it on Spotify and many more and, you know, follow me on Instagram too at EMT underscore life underscore podcasts. And tell me what you think about this topic. Tell me, you know, uh, if, if you agree, if you disagree with me, I would love to hear what, from you. Uh, and also tell me some of your experiences, whether it be about this topic, whether it's about something completely different, whether it's you know not related to EMS at all. I would love to hear it all. You know, so hope everyone has a good rest of the week, and God bless.